0: welcome, and Oak Grove, welcome. Preach and don't worry about it. We'll eat when we can. Well, hey, Oak Grove. It's good to see you. It's been a while. I uh,
1: I do bring greetings from Tracy. I know everywhere I go, that's who people really want to see. And i um, followed closely by my children, those of you who know and have met Jace and Sawyer. And uh, I'm just along for the ride, and I love it. I love it, I love it. They just keep letting me tag along and I'm happy. But uh my family is here with me in Springfield. Uh, many of you know my parents are now stationed here working with AGWM. They're out of town, out of the state this weekend, so we're just crashing at their place. And uh my children are recuperating from all the, the seasonal crud that's going around. So they are unfortunately not able to be in house today, but they are certainly with us in spirit and they they do love the Ogro family and hope to uh see you again very, very soon. And um I've just been thinking the last few weeks, a lot happens in 20 years. A lot happens. I mean, Pastor Ronimus Melissa started pastoring here before Facebook existed, and now we're live streaming our worship services every weekend to Facebook. It's staggering to ponder how the world has changed since 2002. I know all of you in your lives and your families, you could think back over that time, and you could be just as staggered as I am. But some things never change. I never have. I never will. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In fact, we rely on that promise because the word of God does not change. So if you haven't already, open up your Bible to Matthew chapter nine, verse fourteen. The Gospel of Matthew nine, fourteen. This weekend is a time of celebration. I have enjoyed every aspect of the celebration so far. It's it's just wonderful that the entire church family can rally around this moment and take full advantage of the opportunity that we have the gift that we have in pastures like the Morans. This morning we honor the faithfulness of a couple who said yes when Jesus called them. We look back on their time here so far and we say thank you. We say thank you to them and we say thank you to Jesus for all that you have done in and through and for the Oak Grove family over the last two decades. But this 20 year anniversary weekend is also an opportunity to look ahead. That's why we see the graphics in the the updates, and take the pledge forms for the new student ministry center because moments like this allow us to slow down, to take it all in, and to see the road before us with greater clarity. I don't, I don't say this every time I preach, everywhere I go when I preach, but I really do believe that God has given me a message for this specific moment. Because Oak Grove, you've reached a turning point. The church universal, the big C church, as we like to say, is at a turning point in 2022. And as always, again, some things never change. We can look at the life and the leadership of Jesus and find our way forward. We're going to jump into the Gospel of Matthew, just a brief piece of it today, at the point in the story where Jesus started ruffling feathers. As it turns out, Jesus didn't just come to teach and to prophesy. He didn't just come to heal sick people and cast out demons. He came to forgive sinners even tax collectors, and that was unsettling. In fact, he was so unsettling, especially to religious people, that both the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist, think of how wide a spectrum that was if you've read your Gospels anytime
0: soon, neither one of those camps were sure what to do with Jesus. One more time, some things never change. Jesus is still saving sinners, and he's still
1: unsettling the self-righteous. With that in mind, look at what Matthew wrote next in his gospel. Matthew nine fourteen, the Bible says, Then John's disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, came and asked him, they asked Jesus, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. In the meantime, let's have a mariachi party. Jesus went on to say, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. The patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So Jesus used Two analogies here to illustrate the point he was trying to make. The first one was he said that you can try if you want to. You can try to patch an old garment with unshrunk cloth, and what you'll do is you'll just only make things worse. Or you can patch an old garment with a piece of cloth that has already been shrunk, and you can actually then give life to an otherwise worthless article of clothing. In the same way, he said, you can put new wine into an old wineskin if you'd like, but if you do that, you're only going to ruin the wine and the wineskin. Or, on the other hand, you can put new wine into a new wineskin and preserve both. And what Jesus was telling the disciples of John the Baptist and through them telling the Pharisees, telling anybody who had ears to hear what he was trying to say, he said, you're trying to use an old way of thinking to understand the new thing God is doing. Because Jesus understood that the Pharisees, they respected men like Moses from their ancient history as a prophet. And even in those current days, John the Baptist, he was a prophet in his own right, and his disciples respected him as a prophet. But they couldn't fit Jesus into their prophet box because Jesus was not, he is not, just another prophet. He was. He is the embodiment. He is the fulfillment of every prophecy God had ever given his prophets about the Messiah. He is God's son. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. In other words, we will never understand what God is doing if we don't recognize Jesus for who he really is. You and I will always miss out on what God is doing if we refuse to let Jesus do what he does. If you demand that Jesus fit inside your understanding, something or someone will one day ultimately come along and tear you away from him. If you insist that Jesus align his will with what you want for your life, you'll never be able to handle the new wine he wants to pour in and through your life. Because the old you cannot contain the new he wants to do. New wine needs new wineskins. So here's the takeaway. Number
0: one, God is doing something new. But will you let him make you new? God is doing something new. But will you let him make you new? I'll never forget what Pastor Ron and Miss Melissa told Tracy and I
1: as we transitioned from serving at Oak Grove into our first ministry position in Kentucky. They said, don't let anything disturb your spirit. And stay excited about your future. Don't let anything disturb your spirit and stay excited about your future. I can't tell you how many times Tracy and I have called back to that exhortation over the last nine years. Because how many of you know there are a lot of things, there are a lot of people out there that can disturb your spirit. And by disturb your spirit, I don't just mean they can hurt your feelings. I mean there are a lot of things, there are a lot of people out there in the real world that if we allow them to, they will chew us up and spit us out. In every sense of the word, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and on and on and on. But the good news is that we are allowed to refuse to let them do that. In the name of Jesus, we're authorized. By the power of God's Holy Spirit, we are empowered to guard our hearts. We can preserve our peace. We can defend our freedom in Christ. We can choose joy. We can stay excited about our future. Because Jesus Christ is the same as much as things continue to change in this day and age and change more and more rapidly by the day. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Therefore, it is always true, it is always true that we're just getting started and the best is yet to come. God is doing something new, but will you let Him make you new? I've heard it said, and I can't help but agree, that COVID did not create. Any crisis. It revealed a crisis. The strain of COVID has torn the church. Our old wineskins have burst and the wine is running out. But God is doing something new. Will we let him make us new? So I ask you, what's disturbing your spirit today? What is it that's keeping you from embracing what God is calling you to step into? It's true. It's, it's it's fact. There are dark days behind us. We've all walked through them, every one of us in some way or another. And I'm afraid, I'm a little bit concerned, there may be even darker days ahead for the American church. But it could also be our finest hour if we prepare, starting now. How will you, how will your family be a part of what God does with Oak Grove for the next 20 years? What do you need to do? What do you need to change now to get ready for what he's starting? Maybe it's tithing. Maybe it's giving above and beyond your tithe to missions. Maybe it is investing in the new student center. Maybe it's finding a place to serve and then serving faithfully. Maybe God's calling you into a season of fasting and prayer, a renewed commitment to studying and living according to his word. Maybe he's calling you to surrender to the ministry. Maybe he's calling you to go to counseling or pursue the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is speaking to us this morning as a church family. May we have ears to hear and hearts to obey. God is doing something new. But will you let him make you new? Matthew is just getting warmed up. He's barely through the first third of his gospel. But look back at verse 18 in chapter 9. The Bible says this. While he, while Jesus was still saying all this, a synagogue leader, the other gospels identify this synagogue leader as Jairus. He came and knelt before Jesus and said, my daughter has just died. But come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy
0: crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead. But asleep. But they laughed at him.
1: After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. As you're reading the Gospel of Matthew, what what initially reads like an interruption to Jesus' argument is actually proof of Jesus' point. More broadly, this passage proves Matthew's point about Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus came to usher in a new era. That's why our Bibles are split between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus coming to earth launched the official, ultimate invasion of God's kingdom into creation. Jesus, point of fact, did come to conquer, just not in the way anybody expected him to conquer. He conquered death. That's why it was important to Matthew that he record the first resurrection Jesus ever performed, that is, of Jairus' daughter. But Jesus also came to conquer, and he did conquer, uncleanness. That is, anything that isolates us from God's people, anything that separates us from God's presence. If you've ever read the law of Moses, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the first five books of your Bible, there's a lot of things that can make us unclean in God's sight. According to the law of Moses, the woman with the issue of blood had been perpetually, ceaselessly unclean. For 12 years. One touch from Jesus. And she was clean. Her story foreshadows what Jesus finished on the cross. Because Jesus can wash us clean from sin with a glancing touch. To Jesus, what looks like death is nothing more than sleep. He's ready, willing, and able to heal our brokenness and to cleanse our impurities in exchange for our faith. So here's the question, number two. Jesus is Lord over both death and despair, but is your faith asleep?
0: Jesus is Lord over both death and despair, but is your faith asleep? I've known Pastor Ron
1: and his family. I've been connected to the Oak Grove family now for almost 14 of the last 20 years. And there are a lot of at-that-moment kind of events that have marked my life during that time. As Pastor Ron alluded to, I remember meeting my wife here in this building in the fall of 2008, my very first semester at Central Bible College. I remember seeing her walk through that door right there for the very first time, as if it was yesterday. I remember when, when the youth pastor who was here at that time, Pastor Steve Bradshaw, when he announced that he was transitioning to his next assignment in ministry, and I remember where I was. When Pastor Ron called me and asked me to consider filling his shoes, which was a terrifying prospect, by the way. Thank you for that. A 20-year-old kid stepping in for a guy who had been in the same ministry position and done it well for 15 years. What an honor it was. Thank you, Pastor. Took a chance on somebody like me. I'm grateful. I remember the day I walked into Pastor Ron's office to inform him that God was calling Tracy and me back to Kentucky. I. I'm a pastor's kid. I've been a pastor my my entire adult life to date, and I can tell you this. I've never met a pastor who, who encourages and supports their staff members on the way out the door the way the Morans do. It wasn't just the way that they encouraged and mentored and pastored us while we were in motion, while we were moving away. It's that they stayed with us. When I became the lead pastor of New Life Assembly of God in Bedford, Kentucky, at the ripe old age of 23, it was Pastor Ron and Miss Melissa who came and preached our very first missions convention, the first one that church had ever had in 20 years. It was while they were there, it was Miss Melissa's idea. She said, you guys are on the main drag here in this small town. You should repaint the outside of your building and make it pop. And in fact, the next year, in 2014, Oak Grove bought a team
0: that did just that. Gene and Nancy Lieber on that team. That's what I'm talking about. I can't tell you the
1: kind of moments. I could go on the rest of the morning, and I promise you I'm not going to do that. The kind of moments that have marked my life because of pastors like Pastor Ron and Miss Melissa. When I was in grad school at Evangel. I came here a couple times a year for classes, and every single time I made a point to visit Oak Grove because you're friends who have become like family. And we would get together share a meal, or we would just get together at, at, at Andy's or, or Pineapple Whip or somewhere here in town, and we would just catch up and we would laugh until we cried. And most of you who were in those small clusters of people, whoever was available that, that evening, you never knew how much I needed that.
0: The last time my family was here was October of last year. And it was at that moment that Tracy
1: and I were in one of the most challenging seasons of ministry we've ever experienced. We went to lunch at La Hacienda with Pastor Ron and Miss Melissa. It's just something about Mexican food. I'm telling you, it's it's anointing on it. Stick around for lunch today. You'll be blessed. But the conversation that I had with Pastor Ron at that table, the conversation Tracy had with Miss Melissa at that table, it was life-changing. Because Jesus used them to breathe new life into our souls. Those types of moments are possible. God uses everyday people just like us because Jesus
0: is Lord over both death and despair. That is your faith asleep. Listen, I know.
1: The last few years have been tough. They've been tough for everybody in one way or another. No one has been immune. No one has been able to escape it. And some of us, we keep waiting for things to go back to normal. But I don't think things are ever going to go back to the way they were before. We see symptoms of the real problem in politics, economics, and culture. But it's followers of Jesus who are paying attention. We know what's really going on. Our enemy and his kingdom of darkness have taken the gloves off and we are locked in a bare-knuckle brawl for the soul of our generation. And this conflict is no longer taking place in the shadows. Evil is raging in broad daylight
0: like never before. Our kids, our sons, and our daughters are becoming mentally diseased by
1: influencers on social media and streaming services. They're killing themselves. And all the world knows to do is wail, mourn, and play the funeral pipes as if it's all just decided. And if any believers have the nerve to say, this generation, these children are not dead, they're only asleep,
0: they laugh at us. Is the church, is Oak Grove going to pile on? Are we ready to surrender?
1: Will we sit on our hands? while people with no knowledge of God, while people who certainly have no fear of God, educate, meaning indoctrinate the next generation into death and despair? Or is Jesus still Lord? Is Jesus still alive? Is he still on his throne? Because I believe that God is calling churches just like Oak Grove, people just like you and just like me, to recommit ourselves to the way of Jesus to live like he lived, to love like he loves, and to do what he came to do. He has deposited his spirit inside us. He's ready, if we need it, to give us a fresh baptism of power, if we only ask and receive by faith. Why? So that we can walk into dark places of death and despair on our campuses, in our neighborhoods, in our households. We can take our sons and daughters by the hand. We can reach them with the love and the compassion and the heart of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, they will get up that the news spread all throughout this region. There is hope for our children. There is hope for our families. There is hope for our church families. There is hope for our cities, our states, for our nation, for the
0: nations of the world. Because Jesus is Lord over both death and despair. But is your faith asleep? If so, then hear the word of God this morning. Jesus is calling you
1: to get up you find yourself trapped in uncleanness, if the enemy of your soul has deceived you into isolating yourself because of sin that holds you captive, Jesus is calling you to draw near just for a touch, not to condemn you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to use your story to magnify his finished work on the cross so that other sinners can be saved and so that other dead souls can be brought to life.
0: A new day is dawning. Oh, grow! And I pray we meet the moment. Jesus has come, and he's coming soon.
1: The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within you. Today we do celebrate the faithful service of Pastor Ron, Miss Melissa, their family, Miss Carol, all of these, these wonderful faithful servants over the last 20 years. We thank God for them. We thank God for what he has done so far in this century. But if you hear nothing else I say this morning, make sure this big idea sinks in. Get ready.
0: God's just getting started. Get ready. God's just getting started. You know, Pastor Ron, I remember one other thing about the time I served as your youth pastor. I remember going on a
1: missions trip to New York City with you and a team of people from our church. Anybody else here that was on one of those teams? I think we went three years in a row. You guys remember Frank and Tom's Pizza? Flying Ants? The top floor of that church that was hotter than Hades. Come on, somebody. To this day, to this day, there is one of our former youth staffers who shall remain nameless. He goes around telling people that I threw a tire at him on one of those trips. And I came all the way from Kentucky to set the record straight this morning. Yes, that story is true, and I have zero regrets about it. But the loudest memory, the loudest memory of any trip I ever took with Pastor Ron was that any time our team had to move from one location to another, nobody ever got lost with Pastor Ron running point. Because he was always turning around, walking backwards, craning his neck to look over the crowd, making sure that everybody was still with us. And he would shout whether we were in a, in a terminal or on a busy street, crowded with strangers. Can you hear that in your memory? He would shout, Missouri! Missouri! Keep walking. Missouri. Stay together.
0: Missouri. Hey, Oak Grove, you know who does that? You know what kind of man does that? A shepherd. A pastor. And in the 21st century, in the year 2022, pastors are priceless like never before. We love you, pastor. Miss Melissa. Your family. Get ready. God's just getting started. Take this opportunity to express your appreciation. Of course, we can clap. Of course, we can,
1: we can give. Of course, we can, we can hug and we can pat on the back. Those are, those are beyond appropriate. We're not even finished with all that today. Praise God for moments like this. But the best way to say thank you is to say, hey, pastor, what's
0: next? And how can my family be a part of it? God is doing something new. But will you let him
1: make you new? You cannot patch the holes in your life with anything but Jesus. You cannot contain the future God is calling you to step into with your old way of thinking or your old way of living. It's time to surrender. It's time for a new wineskin. Don't let anything disturb your spirit, not politics, not culture, not economics, not any of it. Stay excited about your future. Get ready.
0: God's just getting started. Jesus is Lord over both death and despair. But is your faith asleep? Now is
1: not the time to phone it in with God. Now is not the time to give up on the next generation. It's time to lean into Jesus, to dive into His Word, and to be baptized in His Spirit. Meet the moment, Oak Grove. Get ready. God is just getting started. I encourage you to take a moment, either today or sometime this week, ask the Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? Don't rush away. In God's word this weekend, give his spirit an opportunity to show you your next step. Then decide, decide now, in fact, that you will, in fact, obey him.
0: Get ready. God's just getting started. I love you, Ogrove. Pastor.